Good morning. What's going on, everybody? Buckeye Roast, 8 a.m. It's Friday. We made it through the week somehow, some way. Barely. Yeah, barely. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long and crazy week. But hope y'all doing all right out there. Let me know what you got in your cup. Matthew gets the shout out. It's two days in a row. Bro, who's going to upset Matthew and be the first one in the chat? I'm trying to get another shout out, but I love you, Matthew. Appreciate you coming in. Ron, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. We got a big show today, a special guest. We're talking Penn State. Yeah, man, a, a special guest. Most definitely, I'm excited. You know, you got to know your enemy. You got to know what to come to expect this season. So we want to hit around the Big Ten and see what our biggest opponents are doing. Before we get into that, everybody go ahead and like that video, hit that sub. Um, it's actually a little bit crazy. Ron, Ron snapped with his, with his marketing campaign, so we're actually chasing 2K today. We're going to try to get it today. We are actually very close. So everyone out there, if you know somebody who's just craving that Buckeye content, they're like, man, I wake up at 8 a.m. It's just quiet. Don't know what to do. Don't know what to listen to before I hit the work. Let them know Buckeye Rose is here. We bring the energy, all that good stuff. Y'all know what we do. We're trying right to now. have a 2K party this weekend, man. We're almost at 2K subs. I am seven followers away from 2,000 followers on Twitter. So it's going to be a 2K party this weekend. Yeah, and I told Ron I spent 2K trying to move. So <laughs> it's been 2K all around. But yeah, man, so we got a we got a very special moment for this channel. We got our guest on, and we're bringing on the first minority in channel <laughs> history. So let's go ahead and bring my guy up. We got our special guest, my guy, Loya, my boy from high school. He's a 2017 Penn State grad. Um, this guy knows Penn State better than anyone I know, so... I had to have him on the pod for the Penn State season preview. Loy, what's up? What's good, everyone? My name is Jordan. I'll be here to give you a preview of the real team you guys should be worried about this year. <laughs> Lifelong Penn State fan. I was there from 2013 to 2017. So I experienced all the ups and downs. I was there for the sanctions. I was there when they were lifted. And I was there for a Big Ten championship. Now this season is the time we're going to take the next step. You were there for a loss to your rivals in the Pip Panthers. <laughs> oh, man. That one hurt. That one did hurt. So, Jordan, let me, let me lead off with this. I usually ask every guest this question. Um, give me, give me the, the win you're most proud of as being a Penn State fan throughout the history. You pick any game at any time, and then give me your worst loss. And the one that just really stuck with you, you couldn't get rid of. The loss comes out immediately. 2008 against Iowa in Kinnick, man. I thought that team was going to the national championship. <laughs> we, had, we had Daryl Clark. We had Evan Royster. The defense was buzzing with Justin King and Sean Lee. That loss killed me. That was a final seconds field goal they hit. I remember – ripping my heart out after that how long did that and one stick with you the rest of my life it still haunts me <laughs> <laughs> and then the win gotta be the it's one of two my senior year when we beat ohio state on that block field goal <laughs> i was there for that stormed the field for that shit that shit was lit 
And then the other one would be my freshman year against Michigan, that overtime game where they kept missing field goals. I've never, ever seen Beaver Stadium that packed, that loud. It was crazy. I was up in the bleachers. The bleachers were fucking shaking. (laughs) That had to have been a moment. What were were the parties like after that Ohio State win? Because I know – Shit had to have been crazy in Happy Valley. Oh, there were riots after that Ohio State win. <laughs> Beaver Avenue was jam-packed, shoulder-to-shoulder mosh pits, dude. They were crowd-surfing people on mattresses. People were lighting shit on fire. They had to bring in the SWAT team to get us out of there. <laughs> you didn't get arrested that night, did you? I played the fifth. <laughs> Well, let's get right into these questions. We got a whole bunch of stuff to get into here. Oh, hold on, Rob. Before I uh, before we before we hop into the uh, question, I got one to lead off for you as far as um, James Franklin is concerned. If you okay. had if you had to um, if you had to let me know what's the state of the program currently, as it says, with James Franklin at the top, how would you summarize it? What would you say the expectations are, and what would you say is it keeps James Franklin on the line, not to the point where he's like, he's got to do this, or like we might have to go in another direction. All right, yeah. So this year, I think we're knocking on the door to take that next step and put us into that next tier of college football teams. You know, we've been we've been through seasons with James Franklin for a minute now, and it just seems like that ten and two, eleven and two season is the fucking ceiling. It hurts to say, but year after year, like, we lose them two big games. We lose games to any top 25 team. But I really think we're knocking on the door to take that next step. This year, I think, is a big one for us. I've been saying for years I want to make this four-team college playoff because that puts you just that much ahead of every other team that has it. Michigan did it. You see what they're doing now. And I think our time is the last year to do it. I think we got to prove ourselves. I think this is the year, too, because anyone that follows me on Twitter knows I got three Big Ten teams in my college football playoff prediction this year. It's Georgia and the Big Three from the Big Ten. So I think this is the year that Penn State does make it. <laughs> I'm about to say, you, you know something about the committee, I don't know, because that'll be a cold day of hell. <laughs> I hear that but let's jump right into this roster man trying to learn something about this team you guys took the Ohio kid Drew Aller the sidearm assassin what are your expectations for Drew this year we were together for the uh the Purdue game last year, and we thought it was our season when Clifford went out. We, I had the Pittsburgh, I had the Pennsylvania parlay going. I bet on Pitt and Penn State. We're sitting there watching the season opener, and I'm like, Drew Aller's gonna win me my money, and it's about to be our season. But we had to wait a season for it. So, what are expectations uh, for Drew Aller coming into this season? Man, his expectations are sky high. I haven't heard more hype around a quarterback since Hackenberg was there, and we all kind of know how that played out. <laughs> but uh, uh, he got a talented roster around him this year. Like, I really think, like, if he's going to do something, it's got to be the year. I know I know it's a lot to ask in his first year starting, but 
there's going to be some turnover next year. We got a lot of returning starters this year, and I think he really needs to go in there and get the job done. I think he's shown poise in the games that he played. He doesn't come off as like a real confident, cocky guy, which makes me a little uneasy about him. <laughs> but uh, I think he got the tools to get it done. So how much do you think this – how much different do you think this offense can look under Aller versus Clifford? I think that's all on Coach Yersich here. I know we got them two freshman running backs from last year. They're back. And you know they're going to try to pound the ball. But also at the same time, I think in order for us to take that step into that next tier of college football teams, we got to open up this offense. And I think Drew Aller is the guy to do that. And I think he's going to have to push the ball down the field to do so. I don't know if he got the weapons to do it right now. But he definitely got the arm talent. And one thing is, like, when you're recruiting guys, I feel like a big knock on Penn State is our offense and how we don't throw the ball around a lot. And I think if we make that statement this year, that could really, really help us in some of our recruiting pitches to these recruits moving forward. And I think the coaching staff realizes that, too. Maybe flip a chance, Robinson. <laughs> hey, hey Jordan, uh, Terry has a question for you. He said, Do you think Drew Aller not being as mobile is going to hurt the Penn State run game? Uh, yes and no. I don't think uh, we're still going to run those RPOs, and you got to respect the quarterback on that one way or the other. And it's not like Aller's immobile, he can move a little bit. Like, He's not no statue back there, and he got nice pocket presence too. So I think that's another underrated aspect of his game is he could escape the pocket and get get you some yards when you're not expecting it. But uh, overall, I mean, I don't think Clifford really did all that much in the run game. I mean, he does do, deserve some respect, but like he wasn't he wasn't somebody you were keyed into when they were running the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, Q, did you have something there? Uh, I have a quick question if I could sneak it in. Um, Go ahead. Just, just, just last season, I mean, obviously we've seen the, the Purdue game and um, <clears throat> Clifford went out and Aller came in and you just felt the, the you know, the different vibe. And obviously Aller played through the season. How frustrating was it? Because we've been there where you have a quarterback on the bench that you know is just able to take this team to the next ceiling. But you have the veteran that's been around this like. I love you, but like, damn, like we're trying to get <laughs> here. Like we're trying to get to the next level, and you just know that that person is not going to play the season. The coaches won't make that move. How was last season like? Because we all figured as soon as we saw Allard, like he has to play. Yeah, man, it was frustrating. I know coming out of that Purdue game, everyone, everyone was thinking, "Oh, Allard's going to be the guy by the end of the season." There's no way Clifford makes it through the whole season, and also. I don't think Clifford played a healthy season in his career until yes or last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm thinking he's going to get a chance to shine at some point. And that chance just never really came. And then as the season went on, Clifford's getting closer and closer to breaking all them records, passing accolades and shit like that. And you just knew, you just knew he wasn't getting benched at that point. Like <laughs> I will say though, Clifford balled out in that Utah game in the Rose bowl. That's a yeah, way that, to send yourself out there. The cliff goat. I mean, as as frustrating as it had to be for you guys, I mean, 
he gave you guys a solid eight years at quarterback, and you guys have to appreciate <laughs> that. And you know what I mean. So I mean, you don't push a legend out like that. Yeah, but you hit on that too. Lost the job four or five times. That's what I'm saying. To you know, according to Mel Kiper, first round talent and Will Levis. So you know, I mean, if you're able to beat out a guy that you know puts mayonnaise in his coffee and eats bananas with the peel on, I mean, you must be doing something right. But you touched on that two headed Stevens out of town too. (laughs) You touched on that two headed monster in the running back room. Uh, Is this a Heisman watch type of season for Nick Singleton? Man, I wish I could say that, but it's good value. I'll say that. (laughs) And uh, I, I think that's a bit of a stretch with Aller coming in. You got big expectations for him. You think they're going to take a step forward in the passing game. You got Singleton and Catron Allen to feed in the backfield. Plus, we got Trey Potts from Minnesota. He's a he's a seasoned Big Ten veteran that knows how to play. Like he's going to garner some carries too. So I think that the ball is going to get spread around in the backfield, and I think that's just going to limit Singleton's Heisman capabilities. Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned Katron Allen there. Um, does he have the potential to have a thousand yard season? Like, could you guys have two one thousand yard backs? I have an over under here at uh one thousand and fifty yards for Katron Allen. Do you think he could you think he could hit that this season? He came damn close last year. He was what, seven, eight, nine hundred yards, something like that. Yeah. Uh I don't think without injuries, though, that that's really possible. Like, I mean, you've seen what they did last year, and that shit, that, that doesn't happen every year. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, I, I don't think we could – I just don't think the uh, – what they did on the field last year is going to be reproducible at a larger scale. You know what I mean? Like, you can't expect Singleton to get 1,500 and K-Tron Allen to get 1,000. When the hell are we going to pass the ball then? Where are you going to win? Where are you going to be blowing teams out like that? <laughs> Playing hardball. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I, I mean, that, mo- that, that duo, I argue, is probably the best duo in the Big Ten. I know a lot of people say Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards. I'm a huge Nick Singleton fan. I think Katron Allen is super, super, super underrated, and I think that one-two punch, I mean, Singleton a little bit more shifty. Katron Allen runs so violently, so I think, uh, I think those two – pair together perfectly q is there anything you wanted to jump in there with yeah i wanted to ask um one where do you think this duo ranks in the big 10 i mean obviously big 10 has three of the best backfields of the nation and where do you think this duo ranks in the country do you think they actually will come back and be the best pair in the country so let me let me know about that no i do think they're number one i know you michigan fans are gonna hate it but i mean corn's a proven guy but I mean, what, you got a couple games from Donovan Edwards. You got two full seasons from these dudes last year, both as true freshmen, both who are going to take steps forward. Like, I I don't know what you could really say other than that, you know? I mean, Donovan Edwards, he had, it, he had his spotlight against Ohio State. Like, what else did he really do, though? You know what I mean? No, I hear that. I'm all for any Michigan slander. What did I put that on the fucking timeline right now? What did Donovan Edwards actually ever do? <laughs> it, 
it's 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 okay when a Penn State fan says it. Us Ohio State fans, not so much. <laughs> so you touched on it a little earlier that you were concerned about the weapons for Drew Aller. That was the exact words that I had on the outline for the show today uh, for wide out for wide out and uh, tight end. Like, does Drew Aller have the necessary weapons? to really unleash that rocket arm that everyone knows he has. Yeah, so we got we got a little situation going on a receiver right now where <laughs> we got no we got no alpha dogs right now. No one that I think is the clear cut number one gonna be the most productive receiver. We don't got no more Parker Washingtons guys. <laughs> no more guys that you. sound like precedents running through <laughs> our secondary <laughs> But uh, I don't know, though. I feel like uh, Keandre, Lambert, Keandre Lambert-Smith, I think he's going to take a big step forward this year. Like, I think he's super talented, and I think the one thing that's really holding him back is his, the mental aspect of the game. I think he's a little too emotional, gets too high on himself, gets too low on himself. And now he's definitely looked at as a leader in that room. And I think he's going to take a big step up this year. He's a deep threat, man. They do can burn. Then we got, got go, ahead. go ahead. No, I was gonna say you guys got another burner. Isn't Dante Cephas a pretty quick guy? Ah, I'm a little, I'm a little skittish on Cephas right now, bro. I was I was big on him coming. He was our number one target in the transfer portal. I thought he was gonna come in, be this this playmaker on the offense, no doubt number one guy. And they said he's still adjusting to Big Ten football. I know that's tough coming from the MAC, but. We'll see what he could do. Hopefully he settles into his role and hopefully that role's bigger than I think it's gonna be. Now have like so your concerns have obviously come from reports out of uh fall camp. What are you hearing as far as the difficulties of the adjustment, just the overall responsibilities of being a Big Ten player, the physicality? What what is he struggling with early? I mean, it's all that stuff right now. Uh he's still picking up the playbook, so that's obviously going to take some time. He didn't early enroll or nothing like that. He just got here. So, okay. He got to settle then, in there. But they said he's, he's having trouble going against Big Ten talent every week. You know, when you're playing in the MAC, you got to get up to go against opponents like that, like what, maybe two, three times a year? He's yeah. going against that every day in practice. That's a major adjustment. Absolutely. Q, anything on the wide receivers? Yeah, Terry uh, Terry had another question for you. He said, which receiver on your team is going to get drafted just from putting Ohio State DBs on the hub? So which, which one has the best chance to do that this season? That's going to be, be my boy, Keandre Lambert-Smith. I already talked about that. He's going to take the top off y'all this year. <laughs> and, um, another guy I wanted to ask about was, was Caden Saunders, obviously. Um, we didn't take him for some odd reason. Our 22 receiver class looking pretty dark right now, so that's probably a mistake. Um, what do you expect from him? Obviously, explosive guy. Um, didn't see a lot from him last season, but expectations for this season. So uh, we got an interview with our new receivers coach, Marquise Higgins, this year, or this week, and he wouldn't give us shit. <laughs> not, nothing. Literally not a single word. I do. I will say though, uh, Franklin had an interview this week where he said that you know we got a top two, and Keandre, and Trey Wallace. Who like I'm also not a big Trey Wallace fan. He's a crazy athlete, but I just he hasn't shown me nothing at receiver. Like I guess 
I see videos of him jumping crazy high and shit like that, not making catches though. <laughs> but uh, that number three receiver is the big question mark right now. And uh, James Franklin says somebody needs to step up. I don't know if it's going to be Saunders though. He came in undersized. They said there's a quote saying he was eating too much ice cream last year. <laughs> but uh, they did say they did say he's put his head down and polished himself up a bit this year. I don't really know if he's gonna if he's really gonna crack the depth chart like that. I'm sure you'll see him. But uh, if I had to say a top three, I'm I mean they're they're saying Keandre and Trey, and then from what I'm hearing, we got another Clifford as a starter. Liam Clifford might be that third receiver. Oh my. They said he's the guy being the most consistent in practice. They said he knows what he's doing. He's going to make plays. That'll be a name to look out for because, I mean, we talk Another Ohio about, boy. <laughs> we, talk about, we talk about your team all the time, and I don't think I've ever heard you mention that guy's name. So before we move on from receivers, I got a question for you. Do you feel like – Guys are scared to join your class because you guys have such good running backs and you guys are just so likely to pound the ball. Do you feel like you're missing out on recruits almost because you guys are playing a similar style or people expect you to play a similar style of ball to uh, Michigan? Your wide receivers don't want to come there and block. (laughs) I can say for a fact I know that other teams are using that that is that pitch is a recruiting strategy to take receivers from us. I mean, it just doesn't really make sense to me. We signed this big class with Drew Aller, you know, top five, six class in the, in the country. All of a sudden the next season, no receivers want to come. We got one receiver. We got uh, Carmelo Taylor out of Virginia, who's a project type dude too. He came, he came out like 170 pounds, something like that. Like it just doesn't really make sense to me. You know, when, Xavier Worthy was picking schools. You think he said, oh, I don't want to go to Texas. They got Bijan Robinson. They're going to run the ball. No, he said, Josh Gaddis, fuck my mom. I'm going to Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, not the Josh Gaddis slander. But it had to be said, man. Josh Gaddis, that's a fucking legendary fumble right there. How do you not end up with Xavier Worthy? At Michigan, man. <laughs> is it a is it a bigger fumble than us getting one receiver after signing a five star quarterback? Like this dude's only going to be here for three years, and you can't get guys to play with him. If I'm James we Franklin, did. man, I'm fucking camped out outside of Julian Fleming's dorm with a fucking boombox above my head, like Tom <laughs> home. I would I would not doubt that he did that. You ever hear what he did to him after he? Uh, after he committed to Ohio State? No, what happened? He was up at Penn State for like for a camp like two, three weeks later, and they said he pulled him to the side and was talking to him like he was his dad. <laughs> <laughs> what that's the uh that's the Pat Narduzzi. <laughs> yeah. Don't commit on don't commit to my team. I'm pulling up on you. You're gonna have to see me. <laughs> oh no, Fleming pulled up on him. But Franklin was ready for him. <laughs> That's too funny. And is there anyone to keep an eye out for in the tight end room? Oh, Theo Johnson's a crazy athlete. Crazy athlete. Made Bruce Feldman's list last last year. Probably should have been on it this year. But uh, he was kind of like a guy that was predicted to be a breakout last year. Didn't really happen. We had three three guys that are talented in that room, though. So, like, 
you know, he, you can only feed so many people. Uh, I think I think he's going to have a big impact this year. And then Tyler Warren's back again, too. He was part of them three three back sets. He's the one playing quarterback and that crazy wishbone shit we do. I yep, think yep. he's going to take a big step forward. We got the deep – we got one of the best tight end rooms in the country. We've had it for years. Without Georgia last year, I would say it would be definitively Penn State. And I think we're set up for the future moving forward, too, honestly. I mean, you know, as a Steeler fan, I love me some Penn State tight ends. So I'm going to take your word for it. They treat us well. Hugh, anything before we get into the offensive line? Yeah, uh, our guy Travis, he had a couple questions for you. I uh, don't know how much you watch Notre Dame football, but he said, who has better weapons, Penn State or Notre Dame? Ooh, uh, I don't know if I can answer that. I don't really know who's playing receiver over at Notre Dame. I do. I no did hear that. I did hear that they they fucking converted Chris Tyree from running back to receiver, though. I, I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> and he, he, Travis also said you got a wide receiver named Liam. It doesn't sound good. So he's a Clifford. You know he's going to be successful at Penn State. Come on, bro. Are they actually related? They're brothers. That's oh, that is brother. his actual brother. It's his little brother, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So the Cliff Goat lives on through his little brother. The legacy brother never dies. The legacy never dies. That's crazy. You guys are really uh, a Clifford team over there. So I want to talk about the offensive line. Olu is back. What's that mean for the line, having that um, – someone uh, a rock solid guy like that back at left tackle this year man that is huge i do not know how we even pulled that i don't know what type of shit franklin told him to get him to come back because he was bona fide like top two three tight end or tackle coming off the board last year uh we got him coming back locking down the blind side for drew i think that might have been the pitch is like hey drew's special we need you to protect him. <laughs> they had to get that paternal money together to keep that NIL rolling because we know we know that's where the big checks get cut from. Um, what are your concerns about this offensive line? Are you confident in this line? Because, I mean, everyone knows Olu, but what about the other guys? Man, I can't say I am. Normally, I look at an offensive line, I say, oh, they got four or five returning starters. They got upperclassmen. They got they got backups that have played big, big ten minutes. Like that's going to be a solid line, and I do not get that feeling this year. Uh, I'll just go from left to right. So we got Olu on the left, obviously lockdown tackle, no worries there. Going to left guard, we got Wesleyan and Tangwall. But man, this man cannot stay healthy. He also has not impressed me since he's been with Penn State. He was our top rated recruit in like the twenty twenty or twenty one class. Like came in, hasn't really proved anything to me in the time that he has played. I know people were saying he was really starting to get his feet under him before he got hurt last year, but that's a stretch, man. Like that's a one two game stretch. He needs to put together a whole season and right now he just got banged up in uh fall camp. So J.D. Nelson stepping up, who I do have confidence in, man. They said he's physical as hell. Lackawanna transferred. That's our that's our 
uh, that's a basically one of our branch campuses right there. We get all our, <laughs> we get tons of dudes coming from Lackawanna uh, Junior College. Shout out them, and I know that uh, the linemen we've got from them in the past, i.e. Paris Palmer, Anthony Wigan, really haven't panned out. But I think JB Nelson's going to show something this year. Then moving over to center, we got Hunter Norzad. He's an Ivy League transfer. He came in and he started. When Tangwall got hurt last year, did improve a lot to me. Moved him over to center this year, so maybe that changes something. But uh, I think that's more so out of necessity for like three years now. We've been rolling with Nick Dawkins as our only center on the roster, and then we just switch one of the guards over to center every year. So they clearly <laughs> don't have any – they clearly don't have much uh, faith in Nick Dawkins there, so – Hopefully Hunter Norzad could come in and get the job done. Uh, going to right guard, we got my boy Sal Warmly. I think he's the most underrated guy on the line. I think he's a fucking dog in the run game. He's a big body on the right side of guard. You got another big body behind him in Vega Ione too, who like people are clamoring that he's gonna get snaps, and I really don't think he can uh I don't think he can unseat Sal. And then over a right tackle, that's the biggest question mark on the team right now. We got Caden Wallace coming back. He's a fifth-year senior. He's fucking massive, 340 pounds. Wears 340 pounds unlike anybody I've ever seen, though, dude. He looks good at 340, but I don't know if you guys watched any of the games last year, but he was shaky. <laughs> shaky, shaky. They pulled shaky. him in the Purdue game. He pulled him in multiple games, man. Then he got hurt at the end of the year, and Bryce Effner came in. And, like, Bryce Effner ain't even playing this year. And then <laughs> he retired, one right? I, yeah. One thing, I will, <laughs> one thing I will say, though, is we got Drew Shelton waiting in the reins, who took over for Olu last year when he got hurt and played really well as a true freshman. He's waiting in the reins at that right tackle, and it was an open competition. And it looks like Caden got the job last year. Uh, so last off season, like coming off the previous season, everybody was roasting our O line, saying they're shit, they're shit, they're not going to do stuff. So in the uh, preseason interviews, James Franklin was saying, "Look, I'm not going to say anything about the offensive line. I'm going to let them go out there and prove it to you." And they took a big step forward last year. And he's saying the same shit about Caden Wallace this year. Is, Look, I'm not going to say anything about Caden. He's playing more consistently, and I'm going to let him prove that to you. Yeah, so, um, Go ahead, Q. Uh, yeah, no. so my question is, trying to challenge for the Big Ten, you talk about the offensive line, there's some concern, there's some solidness there. Do you feel like this offensive line is, is going to hold up enough for you to actually challenge in those in those big games in general, just, just for offensive line play? I think it's like against uh, – most teams, you know what two I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah. I, guess, I guess those are more like we'll find out when we get there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Michigan's going to take a little bit of a step back on defense this year. And I don't think our offensive line is necessarily bad, but, like, I just don't think our offensive line is where it should be having four returning starters. Like, we should have a ton of confidence in these guys. And uh, I just really don't. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully they get that running game going again this year. Hopefully Drew Aller's pocket presence helps them out, makes them look better. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I hear that for sure. So I want to switch over to the defensive side of the ball. It seems to be the glamour position on defense for both teams, Penn State and Ohio State. Let's talk about this defensive line. What makes Chop Robinson special? Man, Chop Robinson is a well-rounded player. He's strong. He's fast. He's physical. And one quote I've seen this week about him is that he goes for every snap. He knows what he's going to do. He knows how he's going to execute it. And he just he just comes in with that plan before every snap and dominates, man. I am so happy we got him from Maryland, man. When we lost that recruiting battle to them, I was sick. I was absolutely sick. We lost Chop Robinson, and then he spent his his JUCO there and came with good guys. <laughs> so, are there any other edge rushers outside of Abdul Carter um, that people should know on this defensive line? Oh, yeah. Adisa Isaac is a dog, man. We lost him a couple seasons ago for, I think it was an Achilles injury or ACL, something like that. He came back last year. It took him a little bit to to get going, but he's ready. He's a dog, too, man. He's going to get after the quarterback. Uh, Coming out of high school, he was – he got a lot of comparisons to uh, Odafe, the athlete formerly known as Jason Owe. (laughs) And uh, I think he's uh, maybe not as fast version as Jason or Odafe, but uh, he's definitely a stronger, more polished type of pass rusher. Like, you ain't going to see no zero sack seasons from him. I'll guarantee that. And And then then... uh, another another one we got back that I got to bring up is my boy, Deny Dennis Sutton, man. He played as a true freshman last year, burned his red shirt. That dude is a physical freak was given the offensive lineman all kind of problems in the spring game. I think this dude is like, he's the real deal. He's going to crack like six plus sacks as a rotational player this year. That man, that's a huge vote of confidence because we didn't have a single player on our defensive line last year, crack six sacks. So, I mean, if we could have, if you have rotational guys getting six sacks, that speaks to, um, you know, what you really expect from this defensive line and how uh, disruptive they could actually be. So how about on the interior? Do you guys have those big bodies this year to stop the run? I wouldn't say we got big bodies. We got bodies, though. We got athletes to be tackled. <laughs> <laughs> we got Hakeem Beeman and Zane Durant, two undersized guys. They're going to cause problems, man. Zane Durant burned his red shirt last year as a deep tackle. That's something. That's hard to burn a red shirt as a defensive lineman, man. Coming in and getting and getting your strength to where it needs to be to play in the Big Ten, man. He said he came out at 250 pounds, entering this season at 280. Like, he's going to be disruptive. Uh, he's one of the ones that made uh, Bruce Feldman's athletes list, along with Jordan Vandenberg, who's a, uh, he's a rotational guy. But I just was reading about him this week. He was talking. He's up to 309 now. He's physical as hell. He's strong as hell. And he said, you know, I've been up to 309 before in my life. He's like, but I was fat. He's like, I am strong and athletic now. I'm going to cause some problems. We had Zane Durant come out this week, say our D-line, the best D-line in the country. He said they're playing with a chip on on their shoulder. And the interviewer was kind of like, what are you talking about? You guys had a good defense last year. Why you got a chip on your shoulder? And he's like, if people are saying we're undersized, people are saying we're not aggressive, we're going to impose our will this year. <laughs> he said we got 60 tackles that 
anytime they come on on and off the field, there's no drop off. And I honestly don't really know how I like that quote because that makes me think we won't have anyone elite there. But <laughs> hopefully, hopefully Zane was just being a little humble and he's going to be the one that's the elite D tackle this year. Yeah. So um, uh, go ahead, Q. Um, yeah, Trav, <clears throat> Travis. <clears throat> excuse me. Good lord. Our guy Travis I pointed to, he was like, is um, the D-line still looking small? And overall, where do you feel like this D-line ranks uh, in the Big Ten or around the nation? Uh, I would say they're still small. I think uh, I think when you look at it, Vandenberg, Kazai Izzard, those are two big guys. Those are going to be our people that eat up blocks in the middle and, and make those disruptive plays in the run game. Um, I think we're a little light on DN with uh, – I mean, Chop's a strong guy. He's not necessarily a big guy. Uh, Deese is not a very big guy, and uh, Denai's obviously a sophomore. He's going to be a beast, but he's he's a little on the light side right now too. But I think we I think we got what we need to get it done. You know, we got that support from them linebackers now, and we got Manny Diaz, who I love running the defense. So I think he knows what to do and how to get the most out of our talent. In terms of where they rank in the nation. Or, or the big them ten. One or two. In the Big Ten? Yeah, either or. It makes it easier. <laughs> in the Big Ten, I got to say they're number one in the Big Ten, man. They got to be number one in the Big Ten. We got big guys coming back. We got rotational players that are going to be making significant uh, – significant. they're going to be playing significant snaps, hopefully making significant, uh, significant uh, impacts on the game. But uh, as far as the nation goes, I put us like bottom of the top ten. Like it's it's hard to it's hard to compete with them SEC schools that got fucking six six three hundred twenty pounds dudes in every position, man. <laughs> we hear that. Before we get into the fucking axe murder on your defense, I want to thank everyone in here. Make sure you smash that like button. A big thank you for Jordan being here with us. Uh, if you have any comments for them uh, or questions, make sure you drop those in the chat and yeah, smash that like button. So you already know who we're about to talk about next. Abdul Carter. This dude was a freak of nature last year. And I mean, it looks like your strength in conditioning program fucking put this guy in a lab and recreated a superstar. So I just want to uh, get your expectations for Abdul Carter this year. Man, I'll just start out with saying he was one of my favorite recruits from his class. And I was a little shaky on him because of the shit that he pulled in his recruiting, man. He's sitting there talking. He got his offer. We're saying, like, oh, where do we stand with Abdul Carter? Where do we stand with Abdul Carter? And they're saying, like, oh, he's a little green in the recruiting process. We're like, what the hell does that mean? He's like, well, he's telling everyone he wants to go to Alabama, and he doesn't have a scholarship offer from there. so i didn't know what kind of head he had on his shoulders really but man he came in against purdue last year i know he played was it maybe i think it might have been just one play they fumbled he was diving for the uh to grab the ball and he got a fucking targeting call for going helmet to helmet while he was trying to get the ball and i don't know what it was but i could really just see he had that it factor you know him coming in getting the number 11 right off the bat as a a not very highly touted recruit. Like he was in the three hundreds to so to come in and get the Micah Parsons number and R. Arrington number, Bar dog. Arrington. Put some respect on it. 
<laughs> the LeVar Arrington number. So coming in and getting that early and uh, as a as a top 300 recruit, um, that has, says a lot about what your your staff thought of him coming in. Man, and you've seen what he did last year too. That, si- that size and speed combination, you just don't get many players, man. He's 6'3". This year they say he's playing at 250 pounds. And he ain't our Mike either. He's playing Will. He's playing all over the field. He's playing that Micah Parsons role. Like, he is doing his thing. And I think one of his, like, really strong suits is, like, he just lets the play come to him. He ain't over – he ain't out here playing Superman ball. He knows what his job is, and he's going to get it done. You never see him missing assignments. Like, and even if he does, he got that size and speed to make up for it. And, man – he is so much more impressive in coverage than he gets credit for. I mean, with a big body like that, you might think it's tough for him to move. You might think he's not flexible, but man, this dude got ball skills. Q, any questions about Abdul Carter before we move on? Uh, I mean, nothing really. He's an absolute freak show. I'm just thinking about ways to uh, get in touch with Schottenstein and tell him, you know, offer him the bag. <laughs> Come yeah, over yeah, so he yeah. can play with CJ Hicks. We have a college football trade machine. Let yeah. me know what you think. We got Julian Fleming and the rest <laughs> of the 2022 wide receiver class. For Abdul Abdul Carter, what do you think? Yes, no, no. You taking yeah, it? Even throw in a special <laughs> teams coach. <laughs> yeah, you great. can take our special yeah. teams coach Parker Fleming with you as well. <laughs> Abdul Carter is off limits. We might need to talk about them twenty twenty two receivers though. <laughs> we got two left. So two oh, of them oh. already. Two of them already departed. One's at Auburn. One's at Iowa already. <laughs> Talking about this might be the best receiver in Iowa history. He's been there for three months. <laughs> Hey, you know what's up with open arms, too. Tell, oh tell, him to, tell him to hit Franklin's line, man. Well, exactly. Yeah, I so. want to see that hairline catching balls from Drew Aller next season. What hairline? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I want to stick with linebackers here. We've had this conversation offline a couple times. Maybe some new faces at Mike this year? New face at Mike, baby. We got Kalen King's twin brother, Kobe King, stepping up, and it looks like he's taking that Mike job. I was not a fan of Tyler Ellison. To be completely honest, I wasn't a big fan of Kobe King last year either. They said he's taking huge steps forward going into this offseason. Physically and from a leadership standpoint, they said he really knows the defense and it's just really garnering respect from his teammates. As that guy in the middle that's calling the plays, I'm excited to see him come in and unseat Tyler Ellsden. Anytime a starter gets unseated, I feel like you got to be excited about that backup. The fact that it's Kalen King's twin brother, come on. Exactly. He has, he definitely has that pedigree. I mean, Kalen King, we're about to get into it now and talk corners, one of the best corners in the country. So you guys lose JPJ. Send them over to my Steelers. What type of loss is that for you guys? You know, you guys still have Kalen King, arguably one of the best corners in the country. You guys are expected to have one of the best secondaries in the country. What's that loss of JPJ look like? And who else you guys got there in the secondary to step into those shoes? And JPJ is a guy that he brings an aspect to the corner position that just 
not many people can. I mean, he's tall and his arms are long as hell. He got them go-go gadget extendo arms, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he brings that physicality to the position, but uh, honestly, I don't think this secondary is taking a big step back. And honestly, I don't think uh, in the area that we're going to take a step back, I think Jair Brown's the more irre- irreplaceable player, more of an irreplaceable player than Joey Porter Jr. was. We got uh, Johnny Dixon stepping up to take uh, Porter's spot, who, like, I'm high on. He came out, he came transferred here from South Carolina, came in. Daquan Hardy has been our a lock in our slot corner position for years now. He's done well, and he was losing snaps last year to John, Johnny Dixon because he's the real deal. They said he's taking a big step in the offseason, too. They said he's physical as hell. I wouldn't want to throw at any of our corners this year. So how about the safeties? What are they going to look like this year? Man, safety, ah, there's some interesting developments coming out of fall camp. Let's hear uh, it. So uh, everyone or everyone of the Penn State fans will know that uh, Keaton Ellis is one of our captains. That man is not going to be a starter. Last year, we, last year we had Jair Brown and Keaton Ellis starting. Keaton Ellis was rotating with Zaki Wheatley, who's a redshirt freshman, came in. He was the he was the turnover king in camp last year. Came out came out hot last year, got a couple turnovers, and then kind of fizzled out towards the end of the year. Going into fall camp this year, top two pairings are Jalen Reed and Kevin Winston. Completely different than the two guys that we thought were gonna be in there. There's gonna be a heavy rotation. Keaton Ellis and uh Zaki Wheatley are still gonna see a ton of snaps, but I mean, Jalen Reed, I think he's proven in his time. I mean, he's been a rotational guy. Like, he may have even played the most snaps out of safeties last year without starting, obviously, besides uh, Jair Brown. But uh, he's going to come in. I think he's going to play a good role. And then Kevin Winston's the other guy who, like, I'm really high on. I was really high on him as a recruit coming out of Maryland, man. He uh, he came in last year, and he burned his red shirt, which I was kind of like, what the hell? Like, this dude barely plays defensive snaps. Like, He's just burning his red shirt to play special teams. What are we doing here? And nah, I see why he burned his red shirt now. He's coming. He's gonna be a starter as a as a fucking true sophomore this year. I'm excited to see him. I think that rotation's gonna be good too. It's gonna keep them guys fresh. Like all them safeties bring a different aspect of the game. Like the Key Wheatley is a real ball hawk out there. Jalen Reed's a, he's a he's a uh, he's a bruiser back there. Kevin Winston got or KJ Winston got a well-rounded game, and Keaton Ellis. We know what we're getting from Keaton Ellis. He's been he's been here for five years now. Absolutely. So where does this where does this secondary rank in the country? Oh, the country man, I think you got to put him top five in the country. I really do. I think mm-hmm. last year may have been the best secondary the Penn State's ever had, and I think this year's secondary is going to rival it. Rival it. Like like I said. Replacing Jair Brown is going to be really tough. I I don't think as tough as replacing Joey Porter, too, but uh, I think we're going to be damn good, and I think that D-line is going to help them out a lot. Bet, bet, yeah. bet. So with Q, the, anything? Uh, yeah, you talk about – well, you, you have my next question, what I really want to get to. You talk about with the D-line being one of the best in the country or the best. Ohio State fans are going to fight you on that one. And, and the secondary being uh, one of the best in the country – um, this defense should go absolutely stupid. Do you think? Do you think with um, Drew Aller coming in, kind of getting comfortable, 
this defense is something you can rely on in the big games and just to just to squeak out wins. Oh yeah, and I think you saw us do that against Ohio, or not not to squeak out a win, but I think our defense really carried against Ohio State last year. Like I think you saw how how important that was, and with Drew Aller being a first year quarterback, like first year starter at quarterback, I should say. But uh, I I think he's gonna have some ups and downs. Like I think he's gonna have some cold games. I'm a little nervous about this West Virginia game to see how he comes out the first week. And I think the defense is going to have to bail him out some games just because of, of the nature of uh, him being a first-year starter. The Rodney Gallagher Bowl week one against West Virginia. You brought up it's the just, Penn Go ahead. It's just another official visit for the boy. <laughs> so you talked about the uh, Penn State-Ohio uh, State game a little bit last year. I want to tell a quick story before we move into the season preview and get out of here. Jordan was at my house watching the Penn State game this past year, <laughs> and we ordered food for lunch, and as you guys know, we did halftime pregame spaces uh, last year, and by the time that pregame space was about to roll around, my leg was shaking. I was so fucking nervous. I was like, I got this fucking Penn State fan in my living room. I got 200 people ready to scream in my face on spaces. Like, I can't escape this shit. I'm sitting there holding my food. I can't even fucking eat. So having a Penn State fan in your house when they make a game close is no fucking fun because it's like, I can't run from this. They're going to scream at me in spaces. I'm going to have a fucking Penn State fan in my house fucking celebrating. And this shit is miserable. I don't know if we're watching the game together this year. Oh, we are, because we're going to be in fucking Columbus together this year for the Penn State game. Yeah, so behind enemy lines. Yeah, or and if you're going to be at the Michigan Penn State game, we will also be in that one too. So tap in with us if you're going to be at those games. Q, any questions about the season as a whole before we get out of here? Well, first, um, right before we jump out of the secondary, want to know quick thoughts: the matchup between Zone Six and the secondary right here, which sounds like it's going to be a good one. So, what what do you think will happen this year with your DBs versus our wide receivers? Oh man, <laughs> you see what Marvin Harrison's been doing to us, bro. I I terrorized Kalen King last year. I think Kalen King got a chip on his shoulder after that, though. He got to make a he got to bounce back and make some plays this year. Um, I mean, I'm really confident in our corners, though. Honestly, like these guys have been here for a while. Like, I mean, not Johnny Dixon was a transfer, but like I think he really came into his role. I think he's going to play a big part in our secondary this year. Kalen King's been the guy since his freshman year. Like, this is his junior year, most likely his last year on the team. Like, he needs to make a statement. And who better to make it against in Ohio State? You know what I mean? Yeah, and then Daquan Hardy's been, been a solid in that – a solid, solid piece in that uh, nickel spot for years now. Same way with him. I think he's a fifth-year senior. Like, this is his time to shine. That, that's – that's one of the reasons why I'm thinking that this is the year that we got to make the college football playoff over next year's because we're gonna we're losing all three of those guys next year most likely. Yeah, and jumping jumping right into the season, um, I want to ask, what's your sleeper game? What game do you think worries you outside of the two big ones, and then we'll jump into the two big ones? I said it earlier. This West Virginia game is. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's just because it's the first one, and I'm not. I don't know what the team looks like, but like. 
you know, you come out first week, you have some stupid penalties, you make some stupid turnovers, and all of a sudden, it's like 14-14 <laughs> in the fourth quarter, and it's anyone's game. You know what I mean? You have yeah. a couple, you have a couple uh, drive-killing penalties, and it's like, all right, this game's different now. And early season is is when that type of shit happens. We got a new guy. You know, we got Drew Aller, first-time starter. That that's the one that I'm most worried about. I think we kind of have a cupcake schedule though, other than the two big ones. Like our road games, I'm not really worried about. I know we got to play Maryland on the road, but like it's Maryland. They get up for that game though. We got a ton of dudes from Maryland on our team. All our players know all their players. I mean, you see that shit that Diggs did too when they didn't shake our hands at halftime. This is a <laughs> rivalry for them. Maryland gets up for these games and. Uh, I'd, but that one comes after Ohio State, so like we're already gonna prove ourselves one way or the other before that Maryland game. Yeah, and um, let's jump into the the Teton game first, and then we'll jump into Ohio State game. Um, this year, last year, obviously was a pretty good game until the, your defensive line just <laughs> started to get holes in them, and people were going for seventy yards. Do you think you have a much better chance? So you had the best D line in the country, possibly. Um, do you think you have a better chance of stopping the run this year? And what is your prediction with that um, Michigan game? That Michigan game still makes me nervous, man. Their O-line was swallowing us up last year. Zach Zinter is a fucking monster, dude. That dude just eats the tackles alive. So upset when we lost that recruiting battle, especially to Michigan. And then the fact that he came in as a freshman, started started gaining time as like their sixth uh, lineman that they would bring out. Man, he's the real deal. And our D-tackles, like, to put it plain and simple, are undersized and – they got to find ways to get disruptive. So that that Michigan game does make me really nervous, man. Uh, I do think that they'll find a way around it. I, I don't think that Michigan game can possibly go the same way that it did last year. But uh, I, I don't know. The defensive line I, I is not – it is not uh, – they are definitely undersized is what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> So that moves. I mean, what's the ga- earlier game in the season? We will be in Columbus for it. What are your thoughts? How do you guys match up with the Buckeyes this year? You guys have a great secondary. You have a disruptive edges. You have uh, you have a solid tackle that's going to be going up against JTT. Which is what are your thoughts? I mean, I know that's a sensitive name in Happy Valley, so I won't I won't really dive too much in on him. But what are your thoughts going into this game this year? And uh, let me preference right before you answer that, our guy Travis brought up. You essentially have three bye weeks before the Ohio State game. You have a bye week, you have two games, which you are not worried about at all on the schedule. So let me preface that before you answer. Uh, You know Franklin ain't going to look ahead either, dude. He he got those blinders up, and he he takes it week to week. That's that's a big thing in his approach. But – you asked the question again. What was the question? Yeah, you have essentially uh, three uh, three bugs before the game. You say he's going to focus in, but do you think what's your prediction on the game, especially with that kind of lead off to have coaches being prepared a little early? So I think uh, I think our D line is going to be real disruptive against Ohio State's O line. I think Ohio State's O line is a big question mark this year. I don't know how y'all feel about it. It is. Like, it is. It's <laughs> definitely a question mark. And we got some talent on that D line and we got talent that's gonna be rotating. So they're gonna be fresh and they're gonna be causing problems. But Ohio State's offense always gets theirs. Like 
they're gonna put up points against us. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be on our offense to be able to put up points against them. I think this is, I think this is gonna be like a the big statement game for the O line this year is what can they do? Are we gonna be able to run the ball against Ohio State? Are they gonna be able to protect uh, Drew Aller because they couldn't protect Sean Clifford last year? You've seen that shit JTT did, man. That shit was ridiculous. <laughs> so, do you think uh, this could potentially be a coming out party at home for Drew Aller? At home in Columbus. Yeah, he's coming think, back, coming back to his home state. I think if we're gonna make a statement this year, I think the Ohio State games where it starts, and if we're gonna be a good team, that's the first game we have to win in the season. And I, I think, I think out of, out of the two tough games out of Michigan Ohio State, I think we have the much better chance to beat Ohio State than Michigan. So it's gonna it's definitely gonna be a game this year. That's the one that I have circled uh on the Bleacher Report stream uh yesterday. I said, I mean, I know the game that everybody wants to talk about is the team up north. And I mean, I think the Penn State game is the one to really keep an eye on. I feel like the Buckeyes are gonna bounce back against Michigan, but this Penn State game is the one that I am most concerned about coming back into the season. So yeah, that's definitely one. I think that's going to be a big game. It's going to be a fucking miserable day in Columbus if you guys win. I'll tell you that because I know your ass. Yeah, exactly. I know your ass ain't gonna, you're going to want to go sit back at the house. So I'm going to just be out in my fucking red in Columbus all sad partying with a fucking Penn State fan. So the Buckeyes better get it done. So we have one sad Penn State fan and not a bunch of sad Buckeyes. <laughs> So what, if that's the case. <laughs> so what are your expectations for this season? And once you set those expectations, do you think Clifford can deliver on them? And what are your feelings about Clifford? Like what what is this? What do you need? Or not Clifford? You're talking Liam. Fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> Clifford. <laughs> yeah. What are your expectations for Liam? I think he's a Belinikov finalist. I don't know why the fuck I keep saying Clifford. Franklin. God damn it. What are your how are you gonna feel about Franklin coming out of this season based on your expectations? So where is the bar at and what do you need to see from this team for you guys to, you know, keep a positive attitude with your guy James Franklin? Man, like I said, this is the year I think we need to take the step up. I think we're knocking on the door to be, to going up that go up into that next tier of college football teams and like I think this is the year that he needs to get it done. Like these ten and two seasons, like they're great and all. Like we won the Rose Bowl last year. Like that's sick. You know how tough it is to beat Utah in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but like I really want to see something. Like I said, ever since this four team playoff came around, I was like, I want to be one of them teams in that four team playoff. That really differentiates you from other from all the other big schools that haven't made it there. And uh, 10 and 2 ain't going to cut it this year to get there. You know what I mean? I want another Big Ten championship. I want to crack that top four. Um, I'd say it'd be, it will be a massive disappointment if James Franklin has another two-loss season this year. And that's my guy. I do not talk bad again about James Franklin. He has done so much for this program. Got it in absolute shambles. Bill O'Brien came in, was turning shit around, bailed on us. Franklin came in. He had, like, I don't even know if he had scholarship offensive linemen his first year. That's how bad we were down. He came in, 
turned the team around, got us to this point. I think he's building a culture. I, I truly believe we have the best coaching staff in the country, top to bottom, all the position coaches, strength and, strength and conditioning, the analysts, everything like that. I think he's put together a great coaching staff. I, I think he's building a great culture. And I think this is the year that we need to kick the kick that door down and get into the playoff. Yeah, so let me ask. Um, we'll put you on the record like our guys at the fans edge say. Um, I got my money. I got my $500. The Penn State over under is at 10 and a half games. Are we going over or are we going under? You know, you know I'm taking the over. I'm taking that <laughs> over because I. this is the year, man. It's got to be the year. It has to be. <laughs> Well, dude, I think Ron has one more for you. Um, so yeah, you you have you have your team taking it over this year. You think you guys cracked that ten and two mark? Before we get out of here, let the people know why twenty twenty four is such a big season for you guys, and why that could be the year if it this year's not the year. Man, just just look back at how how I broke down position to position. Quarterback, we got the most hyped quarterback we've had since Christian Hackenberg. Running back, studs in the backfield, receiver question mark, tight end, great room. O-line, four or five starters back, I'm worried about them. But normally, you hear four or five starters back, you're rocking with them. D-line, sick. Linebackers, always sick. Secondary, sick. Like, where are we missing right here? Where, Where are we weak at? You know what I mean? And I, I just think that James Franklin has been building and building and building. We put together a couple solid recruiting classes now, too. And I think I just think this year is the year the talent's all gonna come together. And I think I think they're gonna make a statement. No, sounds good. Yeah, that's mostly if you have any questions, Chad. Absolutely. I appreciate you. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Ron. No, I go ahead, Q. No, no I'm just, just gonna thank Jordan for doing this. Yeah. Oh, thank we you guys talking at the same time. Go ahead, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't let me get yeah. in the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you, if I want, Jordan, appreciate you coming on here, man. I feel way more informed than I usually am walking into the Penn State game. I usually don't know what they're bringing. I just know somehow, some way, it's going to be close and be <laughs> from my rocking chair. Like, what is going on? Um, if y'all have any questions in the chat real quick, uh, shoot them in right before we get out of here. But yeah, again, want to appreciate you doing this. This was great. Um, had a good time and um, great learning about Penn State and looking forward to the season, man. We only got what, a week, I guess it starts this weekend, but real football yeah. starts in about 10 or probably like nine eight days, days now. Eight days next Saturday, baby. Thank you guys for having <laughs> me though. I had a ton of fun. Love to come back. Absolutely. We're definitely going to have to have you on before the game and do one more preview before the game. We're definitely going to have some content from, I mean, we're doing a couple trips this, uh, this college football season. So we'll have some vlogs from the Penn State uh, Michigan game and from the Penn State Ohio State game. Really appreciate you joining us. Uh, this was an awesome time. You let the people know. Well, Jordan, is there anywhere you want to let people know where to find you? I know you don't uh, do too much Penn State content on your timelines, but if people want to get in contact with you, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm not a big social media guy. I do got a kick, though. It's uh, Sparky <laughs> LeBlanc will steal your girl number seven. <laughs> Apparently there were six others taken, but uh, yeah, hit me up on kick. 
You heard the man hit him up on kick. It's not six, it's seven. You <laughs> let the people know where they could find you. Uh, well, real, real quick, um, Mellow through in the chat, Jay, uh, Jeremiah Smith is playing tomorrow on ESPN at noon, so make sure you check that out. Our prize, we will be watching it on playback. So if you want to watch Shamanad whoop some ass, tune in on playback. We will be on the app. So if you don't know how to find us on playback, make sure you're following me on Twitter, make sure you're following Q on Twitter. We'll be blasting that link out there. Go ahead, Q, let the people know where to find you. Yeah, City Boy quitting on Twitter. I appreciate it. I've been in a lot of activity on Twitter lately, so I appreciate y'all tapping in with me. Feel free to DM. Let's talk ball. <laughs> Fly in Jocelyn on Instagram. I actually got a DM on Instagram yesterday. So, again, appreciate y'all tapping in. It's been cool. Shout out to my guy, PJ. Appreciate the DM. And, um, yeah, Minor League Films here on YouTube, TikTok, Talk Movies. Got a review coming tonight, so that's where you can check me out, Ron. You can find me on Twitter at 2 underscore T-E-E-S. That's Two T's, same thing on Twitch. It's too shysty on TikTok. Big thank you to Jordan for doing this with us today. Find us every day, Monday through Friday, here for the Buckeye Roast at 8 a.m. Tune in every Sunday with our guys, Mike and Cam, for Buckeye BS. Our national show on Wednesday is the Fan Edge at 6.30. Appreciate all you guys, and make sure you like and subscribe the video. We are trying to have a 2K party this weekend. We almost there. Appreciate you guys. Always appreciate the support, and we will talk to you Sunday.